Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Tracy Velt, the Editorial Director for Real Trends, with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where our editors and reporters discuss the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. I'm stepping in for our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler, as she's on PTO this week. So today, my guest is Brenna Nath. She is the HW Plus Managing Editor, and we're going to talk to her about some of the most recent HW Plus stories. But before we dive in, here's a word from our sponsor. TMS is out to grow happiness for you and your customers. From the way they pick up the phone to the innovative, intuitive technology that makes things easier for you and your customers, TMS is all about providing the best experience in the industry. It's why they've grown to one of the top 10 in the nation and why they've earned a 98% customer satisfaction rate. Partner with TMS and see for yourself at subservicing.themoneysource.com. Brenna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on. Yeah. So um, to start, I, I know you recently published the February issue of Housing Wire magazine. So tell me a little bit about the theme of that issue. The February issue is one of my favorites. One, it kicks off the year. So it's the first issue to start 2022. But it also continuously focuses on the servicing aspect of the housing industry. So for as far back as I can remember, every February issue kind of dives into the latest trends, challenges, what's ahead in the servicing space. What's unique about this issue is, as a lot of us know, forbearance, exit of forbearance has been a top topic as of late, especially over the last few years, as many borrowers due to COVID-19 entered into forbearance. So what's unique is if you look back at the 2021 issue, which also focused on servicing in February, you can kind of look at this history of where the servicing industry has been over the last year, what people thought maybe a year ago, you can see what trends are sticking around. And then you can look at this month's issue in February and see, okay, now that a year has passed since that last feature, what are some of the big things that are still around? How have things changed since then? Um, What's new that's in the industry? Because if you look back last year, a big topic at the end was, you know, technology. Technology is something that was introduced to this industry. Servicing has really taken adoption of it. Um, You can see quotes from Bob Walters over at Rocket Companies where he talks about servicing from a technology standpoint used to be pretty antiquated, but now our industry really has been on the precipice of change. Um, And now technology is fully integrated into it. Then you have other people who talk about how the mortgage industry has embraced technology through digital solutions this year. Even as the pandemic created new challenges, this technology was there to kind of help pave the way when it comes to the borrower and the customer experience. So that's a unique thing that if you look back at last year, I'd highly recommend before you look at this year's issue to think, okay, let's get this full view of how the industry has changed and what's still around. Yeah, that's really interesting. It, it's really parallel to the real estate brokerage side of things too, where technology um, was the talk and now all of the larger brokerages and a lot of the smaller ones have their, their technology platforms in place. So I want to talk about kind of the big theme, which is is maybe more fun than technology. <laughs> and uh, you have a title of a main feature. It was called When Borrowers Ghost Their Servicers. So talk to me about that article and what are some of the 
biggest challenges that servicers are facing? Let's start with that headline, when borrowers ghost their servicers. That is probably one of my favorite headlines that we've ever had Maybe in a story, I say in my ed note that it's not often that you can relate the dating industry to the housing market, which is very unique. And just to explain it for those who maybe don't know what the word ghosting means, Tracy, maybe you've heard it um, sometimes in different conversations, especially as people are, are on the dating scene. Ghosting basically means you're talking back and forth with someone every day, you know, you're trying to go on a date with them or you're trying to, you know, make plans and all of a sudden they just drop off and they completely ghost you. So it's the steady stream of back and forth communication and all of a sudden they're gone. And that theme of ghosting in the dating world is something that they were starting to see in the servicing industry. But let's start with some of the why behind these main challenges. Now that you kind of see the the headline there, which is, you know, as borrowers were exiting forbearance you know, they were feeling scared. They were feeling overwhelmed, which were some common themes that servicers and executives were kind of sharing in this piece. Um, and also people were just scared from the financial crisis. That's still very real on their minds. Um, but I also want to pause real fast and also give credit to the author of this story. This was written by one of our reporters, Flavia Ferlan Nunes, who kind of deep dives into this. She took the time to interview a whole bunch of servicing executives and experts on this topic, trying to figure out, okay, this is where we came and where are we headed? So it was kind of in her reporting that she ever uncovered this theme of the challenges of how borrowers are scared or how they're overwhelmed. And a lot of people, unfortunately, did lose people during COVID. 19. And so that also played a role in why some people were scared to communicate with their servicer. So you take all of these challenges and what they're struggling with, and now they're reaching the end of forbearance. So if you look at the height of the financial crisis, or not the financial crisis, but of the last kind of two years, servicers, lenders, and investors dealt with a tsunami of 7.7 million forbearance programs throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, which reached 1.5% of the U.S. population. That's a huge number and a huge amount of people. And then most of those homeowners who stopped their mortgage payments have successfully arranged a graceful and a peaceful exit from forbearance, but that doesn't mean everyone has. And so this story looks at those people who, okay, even even though that number has slowly been decreasing year after year, who is still in, in the thick of it? Who are the people that are not exiting forbearance? And that's the theme of this story, which is the borrowers who are ghosting their servicers. You know, the, um, there's quotes out there from Larry Goldstone, who's the president of capital markets and lending at BSI financial services. And he kind of jokes, which I find comical about how he has people's phone numbers. They have their addresses. They basically have every kind of form of communication that you have in this day and age. And still they just can't get a hold of them. And they're trying everything they can do, but these borrowers are just fully ghosting their servicers when they're trying to reach out. And so They've built out a lot of programs. They have loss mitigation programs. They've really ramped up the people that they have on staff. They've doubled the staff to knock on doors from house to house in order to try to finally get a hold of these people who really aren't answering any form of communication. Well, and you talk about uh, being scared. So my next question really works well in that. You were talking about borrowers being scared, but let's talk about their servicers. Uh, So regulation and compliance are a big focus area when it comes to serving. So are people afraid of the CFPB? A big date, you know, that's one, that's a very big question that people are um, kind of asking right now. And another kind of form of that question is, are they ready for the end of forbearance? That's one part, are servicers ready for the end of forbearance? And then the second part, are people afraid of the CFPB? The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was born out of the financial crisis. It came around, if many uh, people in this industry can remember the 2013 um, kind of the birth of it as it came into being, as they were choosing the head. It was former director Richard Cordray who overseed it. It's gone through a series of leadership since then. But just as much as the borrowers 
are looking back in the past and saying, you know, my servicer is someone I barely talk to. Um, I never have addressed them until right now when I had to go into forbearance because of the pandemic. I barely talked to them, pretty scarred from the past. You can kind of say the same thing about the servicing industry. Um, the servicing industry completely changed out of the financial crisis. A lot of regulation was born out of the financial crisis, a lot more rules around um, the borrower experience. And with that is the reason why a lot of those technology conversations came about last year was because servicers in the technology world saw that as an answer to a lot of the challenges. Um, so maybe a good place to start when it comes to are people afraid of the CFPB would be, okay, how many people will be in forbearance? If you look at Rick Sharka, he's the executive vice president over at Realty Track. His predictions kind of show in his worst case scenario, you know, what, what does this look like if if, you know, the most amount of people aren't able to exit. Because as I said before, even though a lot of people went into forbearance, there is a good chunk of people who are exiting gracefully out. They're doing fine. We're really focusing on the chunk and wanted to set the scene when it comes to, no, this isn't a repeat of the financial crisis. As Ligamoto Shami, our lead analyst, says a lot at the forbearance crash bros, it's not one of those situations. So let's set the scene on, okay, what does the worst case scenario look like in order to understand what the consequences will be for people who are afraid of the CFPB. He predicts that foreclosures at 1.5% of total loans in the next 12 to 18 months. So 1.5% of all total loans, which would change if another recession happened, of course. To compare that to the MBA's data, new foreclosure cases were at 0.8% of total loans before the pandemic after achieving almost 5% during the Great Recession. So that gives a good look back to how history was before at 5% during the Great Recession, the financial crisis. So if you look now, you know, the, the federal foreclosure moratorium expired in July. The CFPB launched rules that limit foreclosures through December 31st. But as many of us know, we are now in 2022. And a lot of this, you know, this time clock is ticking. We're almost to March and March 1st is kind of that day that people have to look for. And according to the CFPB, once, um, I highly recommend looking at the article, but basically once borrowers get to a certain point and the CFPB, uh, servicers have done what they need to, they've reached out for um, about 120 days, once they've reached how many times they've responded, once they've reached how many days they've um, been behind on some closures, there is rules out there right now saying that they are allowed to go ahead and start the um, foreclosure process, which is very new. We haven't, um, those have been in limbo for a while, and that's what everyone's really paying attention to right now. Servicers have been wrapping up their communications. They have been working on that experience loss mitigation to do as much as they can. But once that deadline hits 120 days, um, according to the CFPB, they are allowed. So a lot of the service right now say that they're afraid they were resistant to start new foreclosures until the rules expired. But according to executives, once those kind of do, I mean, it, they're in their right to start this process. Okay. So what are the latest servicing numbers showing? Yeah, they're changing fast. So it's a great question. Um, when this story was written, as a lot of people know, um, the magazine works on different timelines. So the numbers from the NBA are published weekly to give a lot of people on the website a look consistently on what's happening in the industry. So I'd highly recommend going to housingwire.com every week. You can kind of see what the forbearance portfolio is doing. But if you look at the NBA's current numbers, so servicers forbearance portfolio volume dropped in December to a low of 1.5 for the first time in 18 months, which means that the total number of loans in forbearance decreased by 26 basis points to 1.41% in December from 1.67% in November. Um, I really wanted to point out the quote from Marina Wall. She's over at the NBA. We've interviewed her a lot here at Housing Wire. We'll also be interviewing her more in the future as we watch these numbers change. 
But she's quoted in the latest piece kind of explaining that it's likely that the remaining borrowers in forbearance have experienced either a payment hardship that may require more complex loan workout solutions, or they have encountered a recent hardship for which they are now seeking relief. That quote from her, where she kind of says the permanent hardship, they may require more complex loan workouts. She also quotes that recent hardship very much um, echoes and mirrors what's in this ghosting servicing piece. So as I highlighted before, we have these giant numbers of people who are in forbearance, but a lot of them have exited gracefully. So what we're looking at here, and I think a lot of people in this industry are trying to stress, especially stress to um, the end consumers that we're not looking at this giant way. We're looking at those people who have complex, more workouts, the people who are not answering the servicer. And so the servicers are having to double down on staff. It's it's this unique percentage as Rick Sharga quoted. He only thinks at, at its worst case, 1.5% of total loans in for, uh, forbearance will be in this pool. So just something to highlight as people look at those numbers. Oh, great. Um, is there anything else in the magazine that you want to highlight? We talked about a lot. So um, talk to me about some of the other things in the magazine. While it does focus on servicing, there are a lot of other good pieces in there. I'd also want to highlight um, our senior real estate reporter, Matthew Blake. He has a piece on there on Zillow. Um, Tracy, I know this is an area of expertise for you. He goes into his, the headline of the piece is Zillow, a Zillow problem or an iBuying problem. A lot of us were hyper-focused on iBuying over these last few months, especially towards the end of 2021 because of Zillow exiting the iBuying program. So he kind of has this really in-depth piece about, okay, this Zillow exiting, is this something that's inherent into anyone who's in the iBuying world? You can look at OfferPad, you can look at Open Door. Is this something that we're going to see happen with them? Those are also two publicly traded companies. And then also, how does this home pricing model work? Is this a model that is sustainable? Is this model synonymous with other people's iBuying programs? Is this something we're going to see come kind of come into fruition at other places? So it's a good piece that dives in depth into the iBuying model and does it work moving forward. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. In my interview with Ryan Sirhant, um, who recently opened a brokerage called Sirhant, uh, he talked a lot about he thinks the iBuyer model is dead. It's a low margin model anyway. Um, so, you know, he's one person, but it'll be interesting what happens to that business model for sure. Yeah. And that's the topic that I think we'll continue to see play out in issues throughout the rest of the year. Um, and I'll also just highlight real quick for the people first, if you want to see the housing wire magazine, if you go to housingwire.com, you can click at HW plus at the top and under there, it has the list of all our magazine issues. Since I did recommend reading the 2021 issue of servicing, but we also include a section in the magazine called the trade desk. It's basically a letter from the chairman or the president of the top associations in the industry. So for example, you have a, a trade desk from the MBA from Bob Brooksmith. He was the president and CEO of mortgage bankers, but a big shift that we saw this year, of course, is a lot of these associations have new chairmen or they have new presidents. So as we just mentioned, real estate, Leslie Ruta Smith is now the president of NAR. And so she has a trade desk in there every month, kind of talking about what she is seeing for the year ahead. She really starts off her, her trade desk, her letter to the members this year, talking about NAR's intense focus and how they're really working on closing the racial homeownership gap. Um, so that's a big focus for them. You also have NOB, the National Association of Home Builders, whose chairman is Jerry Conter. He kind of talks about a common challenge that we're seeing a lot, which which is the lumber shortages and the challenges in the home building market as labor scarcity. There's a very high cost of regulations in the buildings and how there's not enough inventory, what role NOB is playing in that. So that's just another factor I would highlight 
in the magazine issue, as these different chairmen kind of talk to their members about, here's what we're doing to address a lot of the big challenges and themes that are going on in the industry right now. It sounds like it is definitely a must read issue. And I wanted to talk to you. I know you're heading to the servicing conference in Orlando and I am based in Orlando. So I'm hoping to join you for a day. So what can we expect to come from that? First off, can't wait for the warm weather that y'all have over there in Florida. I'm out here in Colorado on a snowy, a snowy day. But that servicing conference really is going to be a continuation of a lot of these conversations that we've been having around servicing. So we were able to talk to Marina Walsh over at the MBA at MBA annual at the end of last year. Gonna be excited to meet up with her again um, and hear from a lot of the speakers at servicing about okay, now because as we know, the the rules and the news is changing quite fast when it comes to servicing. What are the latest numbers? How are people digesting this? What does this mean for the future? So get the latest um, update from them. And then also meet with Logan Motoshami. A lot of people here listen to him. He'll be attending servicing as well. Get some of the latest insights from him on how his forecasts are doing, what's going on, um, what is he paying attention to? So a lot more content, a lot more video content coming out there. And also like to always stress and highlight, if you guys are attending MBA servicing, feel free to reach out. I'll be there along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. And then Tracy also as well will be there to meet us for a day. So some of our team is going to hear the latest happenings and always excited to meet with our members while there. Well, Brenna, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. This is really interesting and uh, I'm excited for people to dive into the magazine. Yes, I'd highly recommend a cup of coffee, a comfy couch, and just read it on a Saturday. And thanks for chatting with me about it. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.